0: Hey, what's going on guys, hope you're having a great day. Um, Got a really cool episode to share with you today inspired by a recent post by one of our clients which I'll tell you about in a second. Um, But if you're like me and you have a weakness for chocolate, then welcome to the club. My wife has a tendency of buying Christmas chocolates way before Christmas, and so I've just been like crushing Ferrero Rochers a little bit too much, so if you find yourself in a similar situation, then it's all good, right? The key is set up your environment to win, which means don't bring that stuff in the house. Anyways, that's a, a bit of an aside. So today I wanna to share with you um, an insight that I think is really important to you to think about. So one of our clients in uh, HPA had posted uh, a couple days ago in our group about, um, hey guys, like I'm looking, f- uh, you know, I really like partnerships, the most successful people of all time have had partnerships. Uh, so I was wondering if uh, if any of you guys wanted to partner up and do business together. And like my immediate reaction to that was like, don't do it, terrible idea. I'll explain to you why in a podcast episode or on Q&A Thursday. And so that's what we're here to do. Um, I want to shed some light on this. Because if you think about it, most partnerships statistically, if we think of, just think of marriages for a second. Just think of marriages. Statistically, what, 50% or more marriages end in divorce? Now think about, go like one step beyond that. How many relationships do people go through before they even get married? So let's say that you're married now and maybe you had, I don't know, 10 previous relationships over your life. So you you had 10 relationships, one of them ended in marriage, and hopefully it lasts forever. Statistically, half of them won't. So just think of that for a second. The tendency of human beings is to not last together very well. So if we take that assumption, we take that idea and we bring it to business, sometimes that can lead to some major catastrophes. And so that's what I was sharing with my client. I'm like, listen, like, it's, it's not a great idea. Because if most personal relationships aren't going to last, then why would it be any different in business? And here's the thing. Here's the reason why I said it was... Um, not the greatest idea aside from that statistic is that him posting in the group to other entrepreneurs about partnering up together doesn't it's it's not the right approach because everyone more or less has the same skill set they're all communicators they're all visionaries they're all the driver of their business right and that's going to lead to if you have two people who have the same skill set you're gonna run into some major issues. There's a reason why I don't work with my wife. Okay, <laughs> there's a reason why we don't work together, and that's because we don't complement each other. Now, I'll, let me just caveat for a second. I think the most successful business partnerships, when they work, are one of two scenarios. I'll talk with this about the second scenario in a second. The first scenario is a married husband and wife who have complementary skill sets, or at least close enough so that they together make sacrifices to grow the business because it's all coming into one communal account if you will. And I think in my case that's not the that's not the reality because I'm not gonna grow a business with my wife because she wants to do her own thing and that's great. But there are couples where you have a driver, you have a visionary, you have a leader and then the other one is a real great supportive role like an operational type of person, like an integrator. And that's what you need to succeed in a partnership is you have to have complementary skill sets. If we work if we look to the world of tech companies, you know, a lot of the uh, the companies are very rarely ever founded by one person. It's usually founded by two or three co-founders and each one of those co-founders has a very specific skill set. One of them is probably really good at sales. Another one's like a coder, so he's like the CTO and he's the technical expert and then you might have the operator. And each three of them are very, very uniquely qualified to not necessarily run a business by themselves, but together, collectively, make a really good co-founding group. So the that usually works well in SaaS tech type of businesses, but the reality is that in most of our type of businesses, like in a coaching business, if you're going to partner up with another coach, and you guys are the, doing the same thing, you have the same expertise, the same skill sets, the same tendencies, well the couple things are gonna happen. Number one is you're gonna butt heads, right? You're gonna butt heads and that's gonna to lead to some major issues because you might wanna do something and that person has another vision or you know, the way you coach is different from the way they coach or they wanna be the star but you wanna be the star. There's all sorts of issues that are gonna happen because the reality is like, listen, like you are the star of your business and you need to find people, not a partner, but team members who are willing to partner up with you who don't wanna be the star who are happy to support the bigger vision and help the business, who they can kind of play in the background and do the heavy lifting to allow you to do more of the stuff on stage, quote unquote, right? Um, that's what happened with my brother and I. So my brother and I ran our, my first health and fitness business online, um, and he has no intention or desire to be the face of the business. I'm not saying you have to be the face of the business, but you know what I mean, like kind of like the the figurehead, right? So he was happy running operations, behind the scenes stuff, all the stuff I couldn't stand doing. So it was a really nice relationship because he could do his stuff, I could focus on sales and marketing and product. Right? He focused on operations, all that other stuff. And that's really important. That's the only reason that that worked out. Now, you can still end up in relationships where there is an integrator operator role and the leader role, and then still have issues at a fundamental personality level. You just don't like the person, you don't get along. There's stuff like that that happens, but the the likelihood of that partnership working in favor of the business is greater because you're bringing complementary skill sets as opposed to having two experts with sales and marketing doing the same thing, right? The The biggest thing you have to think of if you are partnering with someone or if you're running your own business and bringing team members on is you have to have very, very clearly defined roles. You have to very clearly define the roles, responsibilities, requirements, and results. We call them the four Rs that each person on your team needs to know about, because there's nothing worse than having someone work with you. And I can promise you, like, people don't like this. People want to know how they can be successful. And so if you don't let them know what success looks like for them, they're always gonna be wondering. And so if you can clearly define what results look like for them, then now they have something to shoot towards. Now they know, and you know, when they're being successful. And then you have a very, very detailed description of their responsibilities. Like, you're gonna do this, and this, and this, and as a result of doing all this stuff, these are the results you're gonna produce. And I am gonna do this, 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 and this, which is very different from the stuff you're doing, and I'm gonna produce these results. So it's like, think of a tennis match. You can't jump on the other side of the fence, or sort of the other side of the net. So you're on your side, you're hitting the ball back and forth, That person's on the other side, hitting the ball back to you, and you stay stay in your lane. You stay in your lane, and you're just tossing it, you're just tossing it, hitting it, backhanding it, forehanding it, serving it, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And if you think of uh, tennis for a second, I don't personally like, I don't like doubles. I, I, I don't like it at all. I like singles, I like running around, I like all that stuff. But if you think of a partnership as a doubles tennis match, it's actually a really good analogy doubles tennis is very different than singles. And what's really interesting in tennis, they have this tournament called the um, Davis Cup, as well as the Rod Laver Cup. And that's an opportunity where some of the best players in the best countries come together and they compete against each other, kind of like the World Cup. And the Rod Laver Cup, I think that's what it's called. It just happened um, maybe a month and a half ago, two months ago, I think. So you have two of the best players of all time, Roger Federer and Rafael Nadal. Arguably two of the best players of all time playing together against another pair. Now that requires some major coordination so that each person is working in sync with the other. Now, you know they're at a different level, but again, most people who are very, very good at singles don't necessarily excel at doubles for a variety of reasons. And I think it's a very similar parallel with business is you have a business, you have a vision, grow your business. You're much better off hiring people to work with you on your team than Getting equity and splitting half your business with someone who is almost doing the same thing as you are. I had a couple years ago um, when I was first getting into kind of the teaching of business and marketing. I had a good friend of mine, and we were thinking of starting a, a podcast together. And we were thinking, okay, beyond the podcast, like what is what, like what does the next step look like? Do we create a mastermind, a coaching program, some you know higher level stuff? And if that's the case, like who's doing what? And I and I really. I quickly recognized that, I, you know, forecasted how this was gonna end up, and it, didn't, it wasn't gonna end up well because we brought very similar skill sets to the table, but we had very different v- approaches to building a business. And if I'm gonna say one thing, and he's gonna say something completely different, eventually we're gonna butt heads And that's not gonna lead to some good stuff in the business. So as the leader of your business, you are the responsible one for casting the vision, for saying, hey team, here's where we're going, but collectively, let's figure out the best way to get there, right? So everyone is buy-in, everyone is involvement. It's not just you being a dictator and telling people what to do. But I really do think that if you're seeking a partner to reduce the workload on you for some reason or whatever, just hire someone, hire someone. You're gonna save trust me like it'll be a lot easier in the long run to fire someone than to try to buy somebody out of a partnership like it's not good okay and it's going to be a lot more cost effective if you're trying to bring someone on now to handle the sales and marketing here's the thing you have to learn the sales and marketing like you i you have to um i'll give you one more story my brother is is doing some work with a chiropractor right now building out So this chiropractor has a great product, not a coaching program, but a product. And my brother's, actually this one of our first chiropractors when we were young, and we just developed a relationship over time. Really business savvy guy, but has no clue about sales and marketing. And he doesn't want to learn that stuff. So he hands over everything to my brother, and my brother does a bunch of stuff, but I told him, I'm like, listen man, this is a bad partnership, this is a bad person to do business with, based on a bunch of the stuff that he told me about. I'm like, listen, Number one rule in partnerships is the other person has to be a good person, right? <laughs> It wasn't the case. So they kind of parted ways and this chiropractor engaged a uh, a media, like an ad agency in Toronto to start buying a bunch of cold traffic to this product. And what he didn't realize was that they were requiring him to pay a CPA, so a cost per acquisition, straight up. So every every customer we give you, you pay us this amount of money. And the problem is that he just gave it to them and said, okay, cool, awesome, go. And he had no clue what they were doing. So they brought him like a thousand customers in the space of a couple days, but what he didn't know was that they were discounting his product by 50% and they had no upsell flow. So what ended up happening is that he actually lost $28,000 in three days because he just handed it off with no understanding of his own sales and marketing. And I've seen this, guys, like I'm telling you, I've seen this happen so many times. A really great friend of mine, New York Times bestselling author, well-known naturopath, I'm not gonna spoil any names here, I'm not gonna, you know. Anyways, uh, hires someone to build out his pipeline, his marketing, his funnel, completely shits the bed, right? Just does a terrible job with his marketing, the book launch is a complete flop, tens of thousands of dollars down the drain, all because he didn't wanna do it. Now, listen, I understand there comes a point in time where there are things you wanna get off your, your plate, and I understand them, that's fine. But you have, and I say this all the time, and this is why I talk about it in my coaching success ladder, is you have the fundamental piece of the coaching success ladder. The first thing you need to master before you can climb it is sales and marketing. Like you have to be good. You have to understand messaging. You have to understand your perfect clients and their frustrations, their fears, their desires, their wants. You have to understand how to put together an offer that people are like, yeah, like I want that. You have to understand how to have a conversation with people where they say, here's my credit card, let's work together. You cannot delegate those things until you're at about half a million dollars in revenue, at which point you have to have the right systems in place and you have to bring the right people in place to help you run that stuff. But I believe most health professionals don't like marketing and selling, which is weird. I understand the selling piece because it can be a little bit uncomfortable if you don't know how to do it properly, but the marketing piece, think about this. Most, Almost every single health expert I've ever spoken to has always told, has, has told me the same thing. I wanna just do my content, I just wanna do content and, and spread the word and teach and coach people. I said, amazing, that's marketing. So what happens is you start off by that stuff and then you start off by marketing to get your word out to bring people in and then enrolling them. But the higher up you go in your business, all you should be doing is marketing and delivering to clients, in whatever way makes sense for you. The more removed I get from operations in my business, the more it frees me up to do this, right? For me, the only thing I need to do in my business, to be honest with you, is communication, is leading my team, is communicating with the marketplace, and communicating with my clients to help them. That's it. So you will get to a point in your business as you climb the the coaching success ladder where, most of what you do is marketing. Speak on stage, get on podcast, write a book, whatever you wanna do. But that's at the pinnacle. But you have to climb the ladder first. You can't start up there and expect the podcast with zero followers to get any traction. This podcast right here, I don't know if you've recognized, but I don't bring any famous guests on the show anymore. I mean, we had 100 plus episodes with some really, really high level people. And I just said, you know what? That's not the kind of game I want to play. I don't care about growing this to become like number 1 on iTunes. This podcast for me is about communicating with our existing tribe to give you guys great quality stuff. And that hey, you know what? Over time if we want to, you know, grow this out in terms of its following, that's great. It's not we don't have a, you know, a million downloads a month. We have nowhere near that. If I had to depend on this podcast to grow my business, I would be out of business like a couple years ago. I do this because I love it and I do this because this is the easiest and most natural way for me to share what I wanna share, does that make sense? So that's a bit of a tangent from our initial topic which was why most partnerships don't last or why they fail and hopefully this is giving you some more context about that. So if you're looking to partner with someone, I would say hold on cowboy, hold your horses, go back to the drawing board, figure out why, figure out what it is you're trying to avoid doing and ask yourself, is this a major important, like a very important piece of my business? If it is, you should probably figure it out first. And then once you've gotten a good handle on it, then you can think about who can I bring in to start doing this stuff for me or with me. Uh, but not right away, and please don't give up 50, 50% of your business to someone who does the same thing that you do, because it's gonna lead to some issues in, um, yeah, in time. So anyways, hope that makes sense. Listen, if you uh, need some help with your business, if you're currently a health, fitness, or wellness coach, and you have an established business, you've been in business for at least a year or more, and you have clients that are paying you money because you have something awesome to help them with. And you're just not growing fast enough, you're just not sure how to get to the next level, you, you're, you want a more steady stream of clients but you're not too sure how to do that. And maybe you're tired of one-on-one coaching and you want to move to a more leveraged model where you can work with 5, 10, 100 people at the same time. That's our jam, that's what we do all the time. Um, If you're interested in looking at how we might be able to help you, then go to workwithyuri.com, that's workwithyuri.com, and uh, just fill out the uh, brief form on the page, ask you a couple questions about your business, and then you'll be able to book in a time to speak with one of our amazing result coaches so we can really figure out where you're at, where you wanna go, where your business is bleeding money right now, and we'll put together a game plan specifically for you. Sound good? Thanks so much for joining me today. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day. And uh, stay away from those Christmas chocolates, unless you enjoy them. And then in that case, have a few. See you soon.